This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on the Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome into the Pirate Basketball Overtime right here on the Sports Objective. Pirates get a big win, 63-62 over ODU. And the Pirates now have beaten twice the Monarchs in 11 days. With me, my good friend, Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, man? Doing well, Dave. I uh, hope you are. And, yeah, just absolutely fired up uh, over what was a th- – thrilling win uh, you heard the heartbeat there in, in, in the open tire show um, I, I wish I could say my heart was beating that slowly there at the end of the ball game uh, tonight as well as Saturday afternoon uh, when we won the thriller on Tristan Newton's buzzer beater against Coppin State but the main thing is we found a way to get it done in each of those instances and uh, hey we're six and two Gardner Webb coming in on Saturday afternoon at three o'clock yeah you know that uh, buzzer beater on Saturday, it reminded me of that one game I was with the kids uh, against SMU. I remember that game very well. He shot that three in the corner. Uh, that was such a great uh, game his freshman year. And then uh, Saturday with a repeat, another buzzer beater. In fact, he said, Bubba, you remember that? We'll get to the ODU game, obviously, what everybody wants to talk about tonight. But Saturday's game, man, he, he said that, he didn't know how much time was left, so he just put up a shot <laughs> and it went in. And, um, you know, that's what's great is this team is uh, finding a way to win close games. Obviously, we would like for them to keep their leads, and they won by uh, 13 in Myrtle Beach 11 days ago. But, uh, hey, one point. We always talk about that, Bubba, you know, in football. If our team can just uh, – Mike Houston and company can win by one point, We'll be fine. Well, uh, we've done two points on Saturday and winning by one point tonight. So critical stretch right now for Bubba for the Pirates. And I will talk about the stats here for this game. But uh, there's a four-game home stretch. Uh, Pirates are 2-0 and now as they beat Coppin State. And then now with uh, ODU tonight, of course, we have Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. We'll be hosting uh, Gardner Webb, and then next Tuesday night we have A and T. Those four games are critical uh, when it comes to our season, don't you think, Bubba? Yeah, you mentioned Coach Houston. Uh, you heard what Coach Houston said way back, I guess, what late September, uh, when the Pirates, um, you know, were able to hold on against Charleston Southern, a game uh, that was kind of, or the basketball equivalent of that would have been yeah. Saturday uh, against Coppin exactly. State. Well, obviously, Coppin State's uh, in the same division, whereas Charleston Southern's a division below us in the SCS ranks. But right. uh, just from the standpoint, it's a game uh, we were expected to win. Uh, we um, I would not have taken the Pirates and the points in that one. A 16-point favorite. Coppin State had been playing better basketball. We were coming off a six-day layoff following the Myrtle Beach Invitational. So um, 
The last game we had played was on Sunday uh, prior to the Coppin State game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so for those factors alone, uh, I would have taken Coppin State in the 16 points. But um, the biggest thing is, um, like Coach Houston mentioned after that Charleston Southern win, it's great to be able to learn lessons in a victory. And uh, that's what's happened the last two games. Um, and Coach Dooley talked about after the Coppin State game, the biggest thing or one of the biggest things is just the lack of consistent play. Like even when we – I mean, there's going to be stretches where you struggle, whether it's not shooting the ball well or what have you. Uh, but, you know, it would go from kind of, in Coach Dooley's words, an in, in A performance to an F performance uh, rather than, you know, a B yeah. or a C. No but, doubt about it. And, uh, Bubba, the one thing that – <clears throat> that I think is that this team is finding ways to win. That's what they're, you know, they have to do. And I think with uh, Coppin State, you remember that game, Bubba, you and I were about to lose our mind two years ago, uh, the 2019-2020 season. I think it was December 3rd. Pirates lost 85-75, and I remember being at that game. And I know Coppin State, like, is a good MEAC team and all that. I'm not knocking them, but we did not play well at all that day two years ago and then it seemed like uh, they didn't have um, Saturday they didn't have the energy I thought they played with more energy tonight uh, with uh, having the home game uh, with ODU but the problem I saw Bubba, there was a lot of uh, and especially the first half I haven't uh, looked at the turnovers but a lot of sloppy play early on with those passes were just oh man passing and you know the lane yeah. just Easy, easy to telegraph. I mean, they're telegraphing their passes. Easy to steal those. And give credit to uh, – I don't want to diminish Old Dominion's defense. They had some really cool zones they were doing uh, where it looks like a 2-3. It's in a 1-3-1. One, one. They switch back and forth. Um, pretty cool. And then both Dooley and Old Dominion was doing a great job. On One time they would be man-to-man. -man. Next time they're down, they're in a zone. Um, so that was pretty cool to, to see that from both teams. And you got to give credit to, I think Jeff Jones is a great coach. He, Bubba, when I was a kid, showed my age, uh, he was one of those guys from the Jefferson Pilot Raycom days that um, of the ACC when there was just eight schools. In fact, I remember when there was just seven schools. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, barely remember right before Georgia Tech joined the ACC. But anyway, Jeff Jones was one of those special players as a point guard, and they made two NCAA tournaments, and uh, they also made uh, two NITs under his leadership, of course, with a coach, a former athletic director for the Pirates, Terry Holland, but a uh, great coach. And, you know, with uh, Old Dominion, you knew that uh, one thing, Bubba, that was coming to mind, and I'll let you talk, sorry, is I was thinking about that tonight. It's hard to beat a team twice. We played them 11 days ago. You win by 13, and then you have to turn around and play them tonight. And I think we're very – to say that we're – I know it's an understatement of the century – very fortunate to come out with a victory. Yeah, the Monarchs down there in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, um, they were without Jeff Jones uh, in that tournament. So and that was something working against them, and they did struggle in – I mean, averaging losing by 20 points in, in those three games down in Conway. But um, they're, they're not a bad basketball team, and they, they definitely reflect Jeff Jones' toughness that you were referencing a moment ago from his uh, days playing at UVA. But um, 
you know, looking one of the alarming things, um, in addition to what I've already referenced about consistency of play and you know, not having those steep drop offs like we've had um, and being able to play with the lead because um, that's that's something quite frankly we're not used to. But fortunately, we're growing more and more accustomed to playing with the lead. But yeah. the, the first five minutes of each half, um, they were a struggle the other night or the other afternoon, I should say, against Coppin State. And they were a struggle tonight. Um, the first five minutes, I think we had five turnovers, and uh, we had as many turnovers as we did points. But from that point on, uh, we began to figure out uh, what ODU was presenting defensively and started to knock down shots at a unbelievable clip. Uh, like who would have thought um, the Pirates in the game finished 15 out of 27 from three and won by a single point? So out of our 63 points, 45 of those, came from beyond the arc. That was a different night. I tell you what, Bubba, it was driving me crazy. Don't get me wrong. The three ball is uh, what makes the college game and the pro game. That's the style of play. Whether we like it or not, we talk about that on the show here when it comes to basketball. But for me, what was frustrating tonight is you can't, just because the three ball is like the way you play the game now, you can't live and die by the three. And we gave up a lot of uh, – of looks down low and we pass it down low. And sometimes, you know, I think it's great. Um, it's obviously that we're all coached with Joe Dooley, but sometimes it seems like with this group uh, that they overpass, they're making one too many passes. When you have a, a shot that's right near the basket, the percentages are so high that you'll make it, or at least if nothing else, you'll get fouled. And I think for the most part, another great thing about this pirate team, Bubba, don't you think, is their free throw shooting. I, I'll have to look again tonight, but overall, their free throw shooting was a lot better than we've seen in the past. Yeah, in a moment, I'll, I'll look up the number for the season. Um, just my gut, I honestly have not looked at the season stats in the last few games. But I know tonight Tonight we only got to the line eight times because we were yeah. shooting so many, so many threes. So, no, we did not shoot them well. The, the biggest thing that stands out about um, the four out of eight tonight, we missed the front end of two one and ones there, but fortunately it didn't bite us in the rear end. I, I was, you know, I was scared to death that we were going to lose uh, after we missed those front ends of one one and ones in the final seconds. But um, fortunately, we played good defense. And um, one of the things before we get into some of the numbers, both team and individual. Um, actually, Matt Simmons and I were talking, and you may have seen it in the group text as well, Dave. Uh, we yeah. were very surprised with how Jeff Jones and ODU chose to attack that last 4.2 seconds uh, when they had the ball on the, on the baseline, the length of the court, and they opted to throw a baseball pass um, with 4.2 left. And uh, Brandon Johnson, I guess it was, intercepted it, uh, doing his best uh, DJ forward and back there at safety. But, <laughs> uh, but, no, uh, but, no, but no, just – what we were surprised with, it was it was almost as though there was like 1.2 left instead of right. 4.2. They, they had plenty of time to inbound the ball and, um, you know, have, have their um, guards get it quickly up the court and get a decent look. But, um, you know, hey, I'm glad they chased to handle it the way they did. And uh, and there on the, the final possession after we missed the second front end of, of a one-and-one, 
I tell you, I, I I saw the officials stepping that way. I was like, are they going to call a shooting foul on the on the dang sixty foot three pointer at the buzzer? Uh, <laughs> I was prepared for it, and then fortunately, I saw you know everyone heading off the court and to shake hands, and the official wasn't uh, signaling anything, so I, I could breathe a little more easily. But hey, with some of the finishes I've seen down through the years with pirate basketball. Uh, I don't trust it until there's all zeros and uh, the officials are going to the locker room. One of my buddies, uh, by the way, Bubba, I've never told you this, but he used to always say it was so true. We went to so many basketball games over the years, especially in the 90s. And he would look at me with very colorful and he said, we finished like no other Division One schools. <laughs> and yeah, it's so true. How many times we've seen Appalachian State or different teams come through there to Williams Arena, or even when I was a student, it was Menji's Coliseum um, before the renovation in 95. And I'll never forget, he kept saying that. And I was like, you know, you're so right. And it rings true today that um, we we need to learn how to finish, meaning no disrespect again to ODU. When they they made their, uh, I know their last three field, I think it was their last three field goals or right of their, um, not last three, yeah, but, but there was a stretch. Yeah, whether, whether they made all three or – your, your point uh, is definitely dead on as far as ODU's. I think they went on an 8 0 run there in the final minute plus yeah, I don't, to, to go from, from uh, I guess, down down uh, seven to up one, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that I don't want to dismiss. I don't discount or diminish them at all. I'm just simply saying there was, there's, uh, it's, it's, there was some times with the shot selection with this team surprises me. Like I tell you somebody that I was really disappointed. There was one shot tonight that TRW Tremont Robinson white. I mean, it was, I think it was a three, but it was, a, what is, was it the first or second? I don't know. First or second half is blending in at this point of the night. But my, my frustration was the dude was not even set. He was not even square to the basket. Uh, it was almost like he was putting like a shot up before, just to not have a shot clock violation. And then, you know, it's a brick and then they get the ball back. I know that people say, well, Dave, that's one possession, but you see that the score was 63 62. And I, I don't think they realize that while he's a great shooter, he's uh, unbelievable on defense. Just because you're a great shooter, you still need to respect the game and respect it enough to square up to the basket and get a much better look. I mean, I don't want to pick on him. He's not the only one, but that was one example of like where they're not dribble drive. To me, I'm the kind of guy that, yes, the three ball is great, but I like to ram it down your throat. I like to dribble drive, just drive to the basket. And it just seems like unless you're getting a charge, good things happen when you drive to the basket and to play so soft, um, and just live and die by a jump shot or live by a, live and die by a three-pointer. It just kills me. And Cy and Patrick, um, let me also give a shout-out to Jeff Charles and Michael Perry. I'm enjoying listening to him on the radio. Michael Perry's been a nice addition and touch to the radio side of things. And then having Patrick and Cy Seymour on ESPN Plus has been amazing. So, um, hey, Bubba, you know, I was thinking about, I know we had some craziness last year. First eight games of last year were seven and one. And look right here, we're six and two. And if you think about it, man, we were so close in the Oklahoma game, the two losses. And then the Davidson, speaking of blowing leads, 
we blew that lead in that invitational Myrtle Beach Invitational a couple weeks ago, almost now. It just uh, we could be really close. We're so close to eight. No, you know, we're not. But my point is our basketball team is playing a lot better than in recent past. Yeah, we've won going back to last season when we were 6-0 and in the abbreviated non-conference schedule because of COVID. Uh, we're, we've won 12 out of our last 14 non-conference games. And, you know, some folks will kind of scoff at that and, you know, just, just well, well who, have you, who have you beaten? Well, have, have we beaten uh, someone the likes of Oklahoma who we were close to beating this year? No, we haven't. But at the same time, uh, some of these teams that we've beaten – aren't bad basketball teams, even though they don't have a brand name. And right. then I've said it time and again, it's, it's teams that we've lost to, uh, you know, throughout our history, uh, not just recent history, but throughout our program's history for decades, uh, losing those types of games. Is so frustrating in um, the months of November and December. But now we're finding a way to win them, uh, even when it's ugly. And uh, just like on Saturday against Coppin State, we found a way to get it done. Uh, in these last two games, um, when you've relinquished a lead, um, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 13 points in each one of those games, and you had the game tied up, or in tonight's case, you fell behind by one with 45 or 50 seconds left. What I loved is we came right down the court, got the ball to Brandon Suggs there, just inside the free throw line, I believe it was. He made about a 12-foot <clears throat> little – semi jump hook shot or something uh if i recall correctly and then we went right back up by one and uh we're able to uh hold odu off hey bubba how about that stop that we got uh, around that time i think it was the next possession for odu that was a huge play where we get the sh shot clock violation man that was that was huge of course we missed they and then, uh, again, uh, I'm trying to credit ODU a lot because I want to make sure that people understand they're a good basketball team. Jeff, jo Jeff Jones, I've always liked him as a player, as a coach. Uh, what a great competitor, Bubba. You, how about the fact that they only had five fouls called against them? They managed to get two fouls, two fouls without the clock even changing at all, even turning on. They get to seven fouls, of course, the one-and-one. One. We miss a one-and-one, one, uh, like Bubba said, two different times. I mean, those kind of things could have really come back to haunt us. Uh, we were very fortunate, and it looks like um, we escaped uh, <laughs> the second game in a row now. Um, and we've got to get ready for – I don't care who we're playing on Saturday. We've got to play at a high level each game. And I think that's the one thing, Bubba, we've been talking about is we've – when I say we, like you and I, like Pirate Nation, has been struggling watching this team be only because we're happy with the results so far, but the consistency has been lacking uh, at the start of the season. Yeah, as far as uh, how Old Dominion handled that final sequence uh, defensively, um, like Sai Seymour was saying on the ESPN Plus broadcast, I definitely uh, – like the way Jeff Jones and his staff handled it and as far as uh, fouling twice, they only had five team fouls mm -hmm. and they elected to, uh, to foul uh, twice before any time elapsed off the clock. And so that way, um, if we did what we did, uh, missing the front end of a one and one, uh, they had more time. And um, not only did they have time there, uh, but after 
after uh, they turned it over on the inbounds pass, you know, we missed another front end. So um, that and by handling it the way they did, they gave themselves the best chance. But um, you know, going to some of the some of the numbers for this game, uh, we'll start off with our game notes. Um, largest lead for the Pirates tonight was 10, 46 to 36 there, about four minutes into the second half. Um, the Pirates, how odd was this? We talked about East Carolina knocking down yeah. 15, 15 threes in this game. And ECU made just two two-point field goals in the first half. And for the game, the Pirates shot just seven of 29 uh, on two-point field goal attempts. So less than 25% from That's two. That's crazy. But – over 55% from beyond the arc, and uh, that can mask a lot of things, and it did tonight. Um, the Pirates led for the majority of the game for more than 33 minutes, and um, tonight's success was had without uh, Zoe Frank. You saw Marlon Leston, uh, the talented freshman from Canada. Um, you know, he saw significant playing time tonight. He, he played sparingly up to this point, but with Zoe Frank out, uh, Coach Dooley, as Marlon Leston's conditioning has improved, uh, he felt comfortable uh, sticking Marlon out there tonight. And Marlon did some nice things, pulled down some rebounds. And, um, you know, it's great to see Marlon Leston be a contributing factor tonight. And then, uh, you know, looking at the team stats, we've referenced several of those already uh, for the for the game. Despite shooting 55.6%, 15 out of 27 from three, East Carolina was below 40% for the game, like I mentioned, after shooting just seven out of 29 uh, from two. Um, from the free throw line, not many attempts tonight, four out of eight, two huge misses there in the final minute. But fortunately, uh, East Carolina was able to escape those and improve to six and two. Um, the Pirates were out-rebounding 37 to 31, ODU definitely, I'm not sure how many second chance points they had, but they had some at key junctures um, tonight as they made the comeback from down double figures, uh, trailing East Carolina by 10 points with just over 16 minutes to play. Um, the Pirates had 15 turnovers, uh, which is not a good number. Obviously, um, the Pirates have been averaging about 10 or 11 a game. I think five or six of those turnovers were in the first five minutes of the game. But uh, too many one-handed passes, too many telegraph passes, that's something that Coach Dooley referenced in the postgame, and it definitely has to be cleaned up um, you know, pretty quickly as the competition is going to get tougher as we move into AAC play in the end of December. And, um, you know, you also have solid non-conference opponents. Um, Gardner-Webb isn't bad, but then you have the likes of Liberty – uh, on oh. December 17th down in Charlotte at the Spectrum Center. That's going to be a heck of a challenge against the Flames. But um, the Pirates shared the basketball well on 22 made field goals. They had 19 assists, so it's hard to do much better than that. And, uh, you know, taking a look at some of the individual numbers, Vance Jackson had a coming out party tonight. Uh, Vance was six out of seven from deep, 21 points and six rebounds, four um the, the very talented Vance Jackson, who we've seen it from in spurts, but tonight was undoubtedly his best performance thus far in the purple and gold. Uh, Brandon Suggs followed up his career night on Saturday afternoon. Um, or, you know, you had 25 points for Brandon in that victory over Coppin State. And tonight he, he had 14 points and eight boards and uh, nearly had a double-double. And then Tristan Newton, uh, Tristan had 13, which is below his average. And, uh, you know, 
I think considerably below his average because I want to say he's averaging close to 20 a game. But he had some big buckets, knocked down a couple of huge threes. One, was, I guess, maybe straight out or kind of off the left wing. And then one off the right wing where, um, you know, Old Dominion had closed to three or four points each time. And, and the Pirates were in jeopardy of giving up the lead and, and falling behind in the game. But, um, you know, he found a way to knock down two deep clutch threes um, to put the Pirates up six or seven and give them a little bit of breathing room against Old Dominion. And then for the Monarchs, uh, Kaiser, what a game Kaiser had, 19 points, five rebounds, very versatile, knocked down a couple of threes and also made uh, some nice plays going to the basket. And uh, that's something I'll reference again in a moment uh, as far as Old Dominion as well as other opponents this year getting to the cup um, without – without any help defense. But uh and then you also had Ezekpe, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh Ezekpe was um had twelve points and eight rebounds and he was really a force inside. I know Sy Seymour was very impressed um, with him on the interior. Uh, so those are some of the numbers from tonight's game. No doubt about it. In fact, uh you know, it's amazing to see the foul trouble uh, they got and Man, you talk about a great coach. Jeff Jones did a nice job. He got like two fouls, what was it, within the first two minutes of the game. I mean, that's crazy. That's nuts. And so Jeff Jones did a nice job bringing him back in um, in the first half, and he played for a number of minutes with two fouls. And then they took him out. I guess I can't remember exactly when they took him out, but nice job of coaching there. I can't say enough good about Jeff Jones, I thought. Um, thank God, uh, Bubba, that we have a coach that knows what he's doing. That's a great coach because um, if not, Jeff Jones would have walked all over him um, if he was uh, not a good coach or not one of experience. But Joe Dooley is so experienced. Uh, he's just amazing. We're very blessed to have him. And, you know, uh, Bubba, one of the things that I know Johnny – uh, Robertson wants to chime in uh, that concerns me, and I'm glad. Thank you, Johnny, for tuning in, number one, and thank you for mentioning, as you said, the ODU game in Conway is the only game that the Pirates outscored their opponent in the second half, 32-31. to 31. They're on average a negative 7.1 points after halftime. Any theories on why this continues to be a problem? Um, what would you say, Bubba? I, I, for me personally, I think it's a team that we've talked about how they don't have uh, – a good grasp when they uh, on things when they get a lead. Um, there, that's one thing. I think there's also the fact that uh, these coaches are doing a nice job making adjustments at halftime. Um, but it just seems like they're if, if they could play forty minutes. That's such a cliche in basketball. But if they could play forty minutes of solid defense and offense, when they ever get that, they could just blow people out of the the water. Um, but for me personally, I think a lot of it is just not knowing how to handle a lead. Yeah, like. there's no doubt. I mean, you look at Western Carolina, I think that game we had what about a 25-point lead. And then same thing against Canisius, we had a 28 or 29-point lead. So, so one of the biggest things is just, you know, when you have a lead that large, you're going to be playing more people. Uh, you're going – I mean, you're learning how to play with a lead. And, you know, it's still early in the season. There's so many variables. Um, the biggest thing is just learning how to keep that intensity. Um, Coach Dooley, you know, said it, and he said it again tonight. Uh, he said it uh, pretty much ad nauseum at this point. 
just that we we have to learn how to to play with a with a lead. You know, we've had double digit leads in the majority of our games, but we've had to sweat a couple of them out, especially in the last two. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so we just have to learn how to to make those plays and play with the intensity necessary to be able to put people away. And then, I mean, you, obviously, the other team's trying to win too. So when you have a 25-point lead, it's as much as you um, want to keep the, the foot on the gas and, and you have to, uh, it's just the other team's trying to win too. They're not going to give up uh, the majority of the time. So so it's it's not all that uncommon to, to see um, – teams that have outscored someone by 20 or 25 and a half to, to lose the second half. But it is something that needs to be addressed because Coach Dooley's specifically uh, referenced it on, um, I don't know, probably four or five occasions already. Through, and we've only played eight ball games. Yeah, and it's uh, one of those things, by the way, Bubba, talking about that incredible run we've had over the last two years of non-conference games. You know that how good the American is as a big boy league when it comes to basketball, not only football, but basketball and baseball. And I tell you what, uh, you if you want to win conference games like we do, then um, we've got to do a better job. And by the way, no way in the world we're going to finish <laughs> towards the bottom, um, especially you got to feel like, Bubba, that I, I feel so optimistic and maybe that's a – Scary thing, knowing how our basketball program has been for so many years, uh, kind of like the bad news bears, the Chicago Cubs from yesteryear, if you will. There's so much heartbreak in the program, but the last two years they've played so well. It's going to be exciting to see coming down the stretch how we do and how we handle that. And um, I know folks don't know more than just Jaden Gardner, but we had like five pieces come back. We've talked a lot about that this season, that it's disappointing they didn't do their homework. A guy that we'll have on tomorrow, by the way, on the Sports Objective that knows a lot about basketball is Mike DeCourcy. We'll have him on, and we'll have that for you. But uh, we'll be talking to him, obviously, um, tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be great. Bubba, I'm so excited about the season. Um, like we said, the next two games at home are going to be critical. But we have a, another game I know we'll, – for Christmas, we have with Southern Miss, a lot of great games, and then we'll have the tournament. A uh, tournament. Listen to me. The conference games coming. I believe Wichita State's the first game coming up at towards the end of the month, uh, end of December, about a month from now. But yeah, it's going to be yeah. a, a lot of fun. Yeah, only five games for the Pirates in the month of December, um, beginning on Saturday, December fourth, when Gardner Webb comes to Minji's three o'clock tip off, as we've already mentioned. Then Tuesday, the seventh. Uh, 7 o'clock tip-off against North Carolina A&T. Then you have a 10-day break there um, without games or close to it. Um, next game would be Friday, December 17th, the game that I'll be at at the Basketball Hall of Fame shootout at the Spectrum Center here in Charlotte, um, the Liberty Flames, uh, a program that's been a fixture in the NCAA tournament over the last two or three years, uh, winning 30-plus games in at least one, if not both of those seasons. Um, and then in addition to that, um, nice to see a familiar foe uh, from our CUSA days. And that is, of course, the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. So a rare Tuesday noon tip-off on December 21st. Uh, I may try to make it down for that after, uh, you know, since that is after my Christmas break has begun. 
Uh, so we shall see. But I, I'll definitely uh, plan on being in attendance on December 29th when we start AAC play against Wichita State. The Shockers come in that Wednesday night on December 29th, 7 o'clock tip-off. And, man, what a what a way that would be to start league play uh, with, with a win over Wichita State. And, Bubba, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Probably not a great way to preface this, but – Please, 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 no COVID, man. I'm telling you, this team is on, you know, you can see some greatness. You see some flashes of greatness, as they say. And just, you know, obviously we'd love to have Jaden. We've said that multiple times, but uh, this team is great. And I, I tell you another thing, Bubba, I'm so excited about is a very, I'll pitch it to you, is the very fact that this team plays an exciting brand of basketball. You know, they're stealing the ball, they're hustling, they're diving for loose balls, they're they're uh, doing more fast breaks. They couldn't do that with Jaden Gardner as much. Yeah, we're definitely a better basketball team than we were a year ago, and that's nothing against Jaden Gardner. Tremendous player. Really appreciate everything he did for East Carolina over the over his three seasons. But uh, anybody that has seen us play considerably in both seasons, and we're hands down a better basketball team. Um, and not all of that is because I mean him leaving obviously but it but it's just you can tell we're so much more fluid offensively you you can have a number of guys step up and hurt you and uh, one of the biggest things is the develop <clears throat> development excuse me of Tristan Newton and Tristan um, we'll have his season numbers for you here in a moment but uh, Tristan uh, n- 19 points is what Tristan Newton's averaging through eight games and 19 points, four rebounds, and then uh, also right at five assists per game with 39 assists through eight ball games. Yeah, he uh, he stepped up his game considerably. You know, when I think um, he had like around 11 points a game or a couple years ago, whatever. But he's added about I'd say what eight, ten points in that range uh, to his average somewhere in that neighborhood. And so not- that, that helps a lot. And absolutely. And something else is the way he's shooting the ball from beyond the arc. Last year, I want to say he was upper 20s, low 30s best. Um, you know, now he's he's shooting 17 out of 42, um, just shy of 41 percent from beyond the arc. So hopefully that will continue. You have Brandon Suggs. Uh, speaking of Brandon Suggs, we've had our TSO locker room for football. Uh, with Ryan Jones, Pirate tight end, as well as, you know, Jaira Wilson. So now we will have TSO locker room for basketball uh, as Brandon Suggs will begin his weekly interviews with us um, starting tomorrow. And they'll probably typically be on Mondays, but this week we'll be bringing that to you on Wednesday. Uh, so, um, you know, Brandon, he's had an excellent year thus far. He's averaging 12 and a half points shooting greater than 40% from three, even though he hasn't attempted a ton. He did three of his seven makes were tonight. Uh, So it's nice to see him step out and show that range. You know, he can do so many things for you in transition and taking the ball to the basket. He's also shooting free throws well. He uh, leads the team in in free throw attempts as well as free throw makes, 31 out of 40, shooting right at 78% from the line. Um, To go with Tristan Newton, 29 out of 34, 85% 85% from the line, and and you were correct on the season, even though he shot him poorly tonight, four out of eight, 
uh, uh, just 50%, obviously, for the season was 71.3, 107 out of 150. Yeah, if you can go 70%, I mean, that's that's right what you want. You'd love to have it higher, but, hey, we'll take that, especially, Bubba. So many – I always say this. Um, there's a difference between – if you make the free throws, that's the difference between a good team and a great team. That can really kill you. That can be a real Achilles heel. Know that – the basketball fans know that, but it really can. And when you have these tight games as we have, that's – hey, tonight we could have easily lost it by those two front end one and ones you know. Uh, and that we were not getting to the line enough. I mean, they made they made uh, 10 more than we did tonight. I think they made 14 and we made four. That's a 10-point difference right there. And yeah. um, so yeah, that's they, just yeah, they, 14 or 19. They made – and granted, we shot a lot of threes, so that's a – that was the reason for that. We and they were attacking the basket much more than we were because they, we we attempted twenty seven threes. They only shot eleven threes. They were getting the majority of their offense uh, from going to the basket. Um, we talked about the way they were attacking the basket, and then um, like you mentioned, they had fourteen points from the free throw line, and they they made, um, I guess what six more than than we attempted. Yeah, and people don't realize how this team um, is a good team and they're finding ways to win. And, man, you miss uh, some free throws or you don't uh, drive the basket as much as you should. And I, I realized that OD was playing good defense, I felt like. Um, those zones were killer. But, you know, we, we did the zone buster. That's what you call when you make an outside shot like that. A three is a zone bust, uh, buster and – that's exactly what we're doing tonight with the threes. I can't believe 15 made is unbelievable, Bubba. Hey, and eight games in, uh, we play 30 games, so the season's over 25% of the way done, obviously. You you, uh, you look at it. I was looking at the season statistics, three-point percentage, 39.8%. So 40% yeah. from three when we've been, you know, 30. Well, 26. Yeah, like the last two years we were like probably – 29 and 31, something like yeah. that. So we're shooting 10% better from three. And uh, if we can maintain that, shooting 40% from the art, I mean, that that's unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll rank um, very highly in the nation if we continue to shoot at that clip. Uh, obviously, 350 teams. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to see uh, before our next show uh, after Saturday's game against Gardner-Webb. Uh, I'm going to see where 39.8% ranks. It has to be, you know, I'd say top 50 or so. Maybe, maybe No worse than top 100. Yeah, and that's what exactly we've been talking about, Bubba, on this show for the last – now that's our third season for higher basketball over time is the fact that we're, what, two or three threes away from winning a lot of games. And here we are making 15 tonight. Are you going to be making every night uh, 15 every night? Of course not. We understand that. But, man, I tell you what, Bubba, I'm very excited. Speaking of someone that making his threes. Dave, uh, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, um, but since this is in reference to what we were just talking about, where our yeah. three-point three percentage ranks nationally, um, we'll just call Johnny Robertson Johnny on the spot. Uh, 20, <laughs> 23rd. Wow, Johnny, thank you so much. 20, 23rd of 357. Thank you so much, Johnny. You're, we had the best 
listeners of yours. They're they're smart, and they're smarter than me. It doesn't take much, but uh, thank you, Johnny, for that. And I tell you what, very excited about that because we. How many times have we talked about that, Bubba? How close we are. The fact Jaden couldn't make a three. No disrespect to him, but the game that we're playing now, right now, we needed players that could shoot the three. And I tell you one thing. Very excited to have Vance Jackson. You said it earlier. Uh, when was he going to be able to put it all together? We 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 love that guy. We see the talent. He's so tall. He's so strong, long, and uh, lean, and just uh, exactly what you're looking for in a basketball player, especially uh, here at East Carolina. We need that those wing players. And he actually tonight, I thought, um, just took over the game. I mean, 21 points. What was it? 21 and seven. I, uh, 21 and seven, 21 and six, I think yeah. in, in 37 minutes. And one of the things uh, you, you'd seen, seen it in spurts from Vance. Um, he'd certainly uh, not performed poorly by any means, but you hadn't seen him uh, do it for a complete game. Um, right. it seems as though on the majority of the games, you know, he would knock down two or three outside shots, um, be it threes or other long perimeter jumpers and, um, kind of fade from there with his performance. Um, and finish with nine or ten points for the game. Well, tonight uh, he was knocking down clutch shots uh, in both halves and uh, also doing a good job of taking it to the basket and, sh- and showing the versatility he can bring. And, you know, I have some – we talked about some of the – I've paraphrased some of the things that Coach Dooley had said in the ESPN Plus interview after the game uh, with Patrick Johnson. But um, some other comments from the write-up on ecupirates.com, Coach Dooley said, and they made some plays and we had some untimely defensive lapses that we had to clean up. I thought we did a good job in some stretches, but we had to learn to play with the lead. And Vance was solid defensively. We turned it over way too much, but he did some good things. He shot the ball well, was poised, and made some really good passes. How about off the bench? We've talked about him, uh, and hopefully we'll talk about him a lot this season. Brandon Johnson has been an X Factor. Man, he does those – you hear that all the time on television and people say the intangibles. He does the stuff. It may not show up in the box score, but, man, uh, his presence is making people change their shots, and what normally would be an easy shot with his defense makes it more of a difficult shot to make. And, man, there was some possessions, especially in the second half. Brandon Johnson stepped up big for the Pirates. Yeah, he really did. And um, as far as Brandon Johnson's concerned, I want to go back to that Coppin State game since we were unable to have a show uh, recapping that victory. Brandon Johnson pulled down 19 rebounds that day. That's, I mean, that's Jaden that's Jaden Gardner or uh, Errol Bean type numbers, and just a warrior. Um, and he's he's a freshman, <laughs> and yeah. And, and that's probably at least, without me checking, um, that's at least probably the third or fourth game that he's had 10-plus rebounds. So I'm um, so excited about everything he brings to the table. And Old Dominion was one of the main programs the Pirates yeah. beat out for Brandon Johnson. You were reading my mind. I was getting ready to chime in with that. Um, but so cool. But it just shows, I know Maryland, they were talking, so I was talking about, I had known that, but I didn't know about the Maryland piece of things, that they were in the mix. Um, but grateful to have him. And again, if there are players out there, Joe Dooley's going to, he'll know about it and he'll find a way to to recruit those players. And uh, hey, Bubba, there's another one. I know we're running long, but 
there was another one that I wanted to mention to you, um, another player. I'm really impressed with the – I know one of the recruits of, out of high school – Felton made a couple threes tonight. Really impressed with him. I know that uh, he's really taking advantage of the minutes he has coming off the bench, and I just want to get your comments on him, and I know you wanted to talk about uh, free throws. Absolutely. R.J. Felton uh, played 12 minutes tonight, but, but he <clears throat> made some serious contributions in those 12 minutes, knocked down a couple of threes, and, uh, you know, also he's just – you heard Coach Dooley, Antoine Jackson, assistant coach, and uh, – um, other people closely affiliated with the program talk about what R.J. Felton brought to the table in, in terms – or brings to the table, I should say, uh, with regard to his athleticism. But it's nice to see him knock down a couple of perimeter shots like that tonight and um, you know, really look good in doing so, had a fluid shot. And he's such a threat with that athleticism to take the ball to the basket, and he can get in there and uh, – you know, even though he's uh, he can get in there amongst the trees with his uh, body and uh, or with his body, he's you know able to hold up and uh, his jumping ability. Man, uh, he had one. I thought he was going to have an explosive uh, alley oop jam tonight on a fast break, but unfortunately, oh, yeah. unfortunately, was unable to throw it down. But I, I'm sure he'll have those uh, in the very near future. But I'm uh, really excited about him. Uh, he's someone in high school, he averaged close to a triple-double. Uh, so well-rounded and so many uh, young pieces to this roster that yeah, you have uh, so many reasons to be excited about. And Marlon Leston, we talked about him earlier. He played close to seven minutes tonight and, um, and you know, had, had a big rebound or two and did some nice things. He – he did uh, commit three fouls in those seven minutes. So um, that's one of the things. He's not having played much um, at this level. He's right. trying to learn how to play defense without fouling. Yeah, and we always talk about the different levels and the fact that the game right now is so fast to him, and it'll slow down. And um, I liked – I think he's very athletic. And Bubba, I think they had not for the longest time they had not done a like star system as far as rating, but he's a five star out of Canada. I mean, you know, everybody can say what they want to because he's in Canada and, you know, hockey is their sport, whatever, but a five star, I mean, Joe Dooley's getting a five star. Um, that says a lot about our program. It says a lot about um, his reputation with being a great recruiter. My gosh. I mean, I joke with him when I talk to him, I said, coach, do you ever sleep? Do you ever, like just take time to, <laughs> but he loves it. He eats, sleeps, drinks it. And I guess that's what you want from a basketball coach, right? You don't want a guy that's just kind of ho-hum and just showing up. You you got a guy that's that passionate and that has that much love for the game. Thank goodness for uh, Joe Dooley. And thank goodness, speaking of Bubba, thank goodness for, uh, for Johnny Robertson, right? Yeah, um, Johnny. He's our stats guy tonight, uh, looking up where the Pirates rank nationally in various categories. Uh, he said 153rd uh, as opponents are says opponents are shooting 75.7%, which puts us at 313th in free throw percentage against. So I, I was just curious. I mean, we're shooting 71.3. Uh, interested to see uh, where that's stacked up nationally because that is a solid number. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, 
Um, um, by the way, Bubba, you've got uh, you got a guy that's it's <laughs> um, going down to the wire tonight as far as stats are concerned between you and uh, Johnny Robertson, right? You're making my heart beat fast because just like the game, who's going to outstat the other guy? <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better. I'm just joking with you and um, Johnny, but uh, good stuff tonight. I tell you what, very excited again. Gardner Webb is coming up on Saturday at three o'clock. Hey, let's get let's get everybody out there and uh, at Williams Arena, Menji's Coliseum. Get your season tickets too, folks. ECUPirates.com, one eight hundred dial ECU. I'm going to be there. It's going to be so much fun. Bubba, are you going to be able to make it on Saturday? No, I, I will not be able to make it on Saturday. Riley has a game, um, okay. but. But I thought um, that might be the case. But I will. That Liberty game, and then uh, I'll definitely be making some games in, in Minji's throughout the season uh, as I can. Um, at least one, if not a couple, over over break. Um, definitely plan on attending the Wichita State game, and then hopefully the Southern Miss game also. Bubba, one thing that uh, I should have texted you over a weekend, or certainly I forgot to. I was going to mention, thought about it today. What are your thoughts on you and I had the opportunity to sit together and your dad, your dad and mom, they're amazing people, but I know you'd agree with me on that. You won't disagree with me on that, but I really enjoyed being with you guys and AT Alan Thomas was there. I remember being sitting behind us, but uh, for these games where the students are not there, are they going to, have you heard anything or I'll reach out to them about selling those tickets to the, uh, to the public because that was so much fun two years ago. Didn't you think it was great? We couldn't have fans last year, but yeah, generally over the holidays, those December non-conference games, uh, when the students are, are not there, or in the Wichita State game for that matter, um, because that is, I think, when I said the 29th, um, before the students, students return to campus. But I'm sure they'll be running promotions. Uh, generally, they're they're very good promotions, and like you said, on um, those. The seats that are courtside, I think there's something like 1,600 in the lower bowl. Obviously, some of those go to the parents of uh, both teams and uh, other complimentary tickets. Uh, so those, the other 1,300 or whatever you have, 1,400, get snatched up pretty quickly. But um, speaking of attendance, I'm very – very frustrating to see. Um, I had no clue what the attendance was listed at tonight, and I really don't care. I do. It's 2,200. Um, I, I read it. I knew you were going to ask the question. 2,200? Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, good and well, if it's listed at 2,200, <laughs> there, was, there, there, was, there was only 1,000 and some there. That's absolutely, that's absolutely pathetic, Pirate Nation. That is, yeah. That is pathetic, and we, we have a solid basketball team. Um, let's get out there and support them. And Williams Arena Menji's Coliseum can be such a tremendous home court advantage. Get out and support these guys and be that sixth man. Yes, it's mm -hmm. cliche, but it's right? anybody that's been to a game in Menji's when it's rocking knows the difference oh it can make. And, you know, a game like Coppin State where it comes down to the wire or a game like tonight where it comes down to the wire, maybe those games don't even come down to the wire if we have – no, not even a full house. If we if we have four and a half, five thousand people in the seats, a uh, legitimate four and a half thousand there, not paid, but butts in seats. Um, 
it gets loud when the place is half full or just slightly over right. half full. I mean, right. that would be about 60% full or so. Make it I happen. Make it happen. I'm sick and tired of, of uh, you know, tonight, as far as I know, you know, I mean, students are back on campus. The You have that core group of tens of people, literally probably 30 or 40 people um, that, you know, love it and they're they're fired up and getting into it the entire game we need to uh you know multiply that by about you know 30 or 40 times and have 1500 1500 to 2000 students at each and every game and with with our enrollment and the quality product that we're putting on the court now there's no reason that shouldn't happen uh hopefully the administration as well as coach dooley uh, will you know, maybe deliver some pizzas to these yeah. uh, front houses and, um, and dormitories and so forth and um, and do what they can to generate the excitement and get folks out. And if they see, um, you know, see the Pirates knocking down 15 threes and winning basketball games, then uh, they're going to come back. Because that, that was a lot of, even though it came down to the wire tonight, that, that was a lot of fun to watch. Vance Jackson, Brandon Suggs, Tristan Newton, and um, tremendously skilled guys that are um, pouring their heart and souls and uh, blood, sweat, and tears into this program. And you can see we're on the brink. I mean, we're, we're winning the games that you're supposed to win, and that's something that we've historically struggled with. Get out and be a difference. All right, I'm off, I'm off my soapbox now. No, it's the same thing with the football team. You know, here we are. We have a winning product in football, right? We're on um, that network called ABC. Anybody heard of it? Um, we're on a nationally televised game, and we have people that are texting our friends saying uh, that don't follow our program. Where are your fans? That's pitiful considering we always brag about how great we are. Our football team deserves better. Mike Houston deserves better. Uh, we'll talk about in just a second what we come, have coming up on our, our show. But ladies and gentlemen, for basketball, this is the best uh, these last two years. You can see that Joe Dooley is putting together a winning product. And, you know, Bubba, he talked about that, where the responsibility, he's such a great leader. We've got to put a winning product on the floor for people to come. Well, guess what, folks? Guess what, Pirate Nation? He's putting a winning product on the floor, and we need to do a better job. You're absolutely right, Bubba. 2,200. It looked uh, on television like it was exactly like you said, 1,000. I don't want to repeat what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. just disappointed, really disappointed. It looked more like 1,200. Yeah, exactly. But, um, and, but anyway. that's, that's something I probably shouldn't say that, but at the same time, because uh, you don't want to dwell on the negative, but it, it was so poor. That's the reason I don't mind mentioning it because on the other games this year, it hasn't been good. But um, tonight was far and away the worst, and and that's ridiculous. And Pirate Nation, uh, you're you're better than that. And these guys deserve better than that. And there's no reason I, I would give anything to be you know Raleigh East, you know anywhere within an hour to hour and a half radius of Greenville where I can make the trip, but being three hours and 15 minutes away, it's just not possible. Really hard. And uh, I love how you t give me a hard time all the time. Uh, are you kidding me? I'm being uh, 45 minutes at the most away from uh, from the campus uh, to be able to see games. 
And I, I know you tease me a lot about that. Are you kidding but me? You're also, pretty... you're also a single parent, so I understand. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bubba, I, I know we've got to wrap this thing up. We've gone long, but uh, very excited about uh, Pirate Basketball and our show, our third season, by the way, of Pirate Basketball Overtime. Uh, by the way, fans, the Military Bowl for the football, we're going from the hardwood to the gridiron. The Military Bowl is going to be East Carolina versus that. We're going to take on the whole conference of the ACC. We'll have ACC All-Stars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that'll be on Monday, December 27th at 2.30. Get your tickets, folks. Very excited about, uh, speaking of selling tickets, ecpirates.com, 1-800-DOWN-ECU. The folks are going crazy. We've sold a lot of tickets so far, but we can sell a lot more on that. If you're looking on uh, the, the diagram, it's the right side of the stadium there, the Naval Academy. So uh, make sure you get your tickets again, 1-800-ECU-ECPirates.com. Quickly, uh, make sure you get your hotels. We talked about on the last show on the playback. It is going, those tickets, uh, excuse me, not the tickets, but the hotel rooms are skyrocketing right now. You might have to stay in North Carolina. I'm just kidding. Um, or drive it that day. But seriously, get your tickets, folks, for that. Our next uh, show we're going to have is on uh, Thursday night, uh, Bubba, very excited. Uh, we've got two great guests. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned tomorrow um, we'll have, we'll be talking to Michael DeCourcy. That may just be a recorded interview. Uh, we shall see. And then we'll also have our TSO locker room for basketball kicking off with Brandon Suggs and uh, talking about the Pirates' six and two start, uh, his career high, uh, scoring those 25 points against Coppin State, and uh, had another solid outing tonight putting up 14 and eight in the victory over old dominion. Um, but in addition to that, uh, you can talk about Thursday night. We will have on Thursday. Um, help me out here, Dave. It's almost midnight. I'm drawing a blank. John, uh, we have a uh, play by play voice. Of the yes. We'll have Don laser, the play by play voice of the Virginia tech Hokies. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to him about the coaching search that's going on. And I think the Hokies, it appears um, if it's not official, it will be shortly. I think I saw that it became official. The defense coordinator, Penn that's State, I think it was Brent Pry was his name. That's correct. A um, uh, little over 50 years old, uh, coaching <clears throat> veteran, uh, having been in the business for nearly 30 years or just over 30 years. Um, but this is his first head coaching gig, has had multiple defensive coordinator uh, stops and then also assistant head coaching stops. Um, but he will be taking over um, from everything we've seen for Justin Fuente in Blacksburg. And so we'll talk about that as well as the possibility of the Hokies um, landing at the military bowl as the Pirates opponent. Um, obviously it was well documented to everything that went down uh, when the hurricane prevented East Carolina or made, made the East Carolina administration uh, choose to not go to Blacksburg to play that game. And uh, Virginia Tech used it as an opportunity to uh, just a way to wiggle out of the series. And, um, you know, some things were done on both sides that were regrettable yes. for sure. Um, both East Carolina and Virginia Tech's administration. So maybe that's something that can be worked out down the road. But uh, it's going to be a rare meeting. It sounds weird saying that, but it's going to be a rare meeting if it happens between East Carolina and Virginia Tech because they're pretty booked up. We're pretty booked up. Um, 
also what I just referenced, the bad blood between the schools, uh, even though those were uh, at least a different administration on our part because that was before John Gilbert and Ryan Robertson, et cetera, arrived yeah. to campus. Um, but uh, it will be interesting to see if, if that series resumes, you know, a decade from now or whatever. No doubt about it, Bubba. And uh, we'll have that show on Thursday. We're also uh, working on looks like we're finalizing a deal with David Glenn, our good friend DG. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think he's going to be able to carve out some time with us on Thursday night as well. So we got a action-packed Wednesday and Thursday for you. And then obviously Saturday we have the game with Gardner-Webb. And that's going to be at 3 o'clock, a matinee. So Saturday afternoon, those games are so much fun, Bubba, uh, to have a game where you can go to the game. And then right afterwards, I love that with the Rosenbaums. You, what you do is you go to the game, and we have the press conference duties that we have, uh, which is uh, too much inside baseball, I'm sure. And then afterwards, you can go to Parker's Barbecue. You can go to a great restaurant. There's so many in Greenville. But uh, get your tickets again, ecupirates.com, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. And uh, looking forward to a lot of great action coming up uh, with different shows. Bub, I appreciate all your hard work. I appreciate all our great viewers and listeners, too, especially those that are watching live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Yeah, and uh, a little bit about the Bulldogs very quickly. They are okay. coached by Tim Kraft, former East Carolina oh, yeah. assi- former East Carolina assistant under Jeff Lebo. Coach Kraft was uh, so, so pivotal, uh, you know, on the recruiting trail, bringing in a lot of those key pieces um, for mm-hmm. the the Pirates' 23 win season and CIT run under Coach Lebo. Uh, so a lot of fun, fond, excuse me, memories of Coach Kraft's time in Greenville. He's done a solid job. Uh, Gardner Webb has excellent basketball tradition. Uh, he has certainly uh, continued to build on to that. Uh, you recall, uh, I think it was prior. Um, prior to his arrival in Boiling Springs. But uh, I remember, I believe it was Coach Scruggs that was there at the time uh, when they, they went into a Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky. I think they, oh, yeah. not, only did, not only did they beat them, I think they beat them by 15 or 20 points. But but uh, nonetheless, beat the Kentucky Wildcats. And uh, and they, they've also, uh, I think they, they pushed – um, the University of Virginia, you know, Virginia had been beaten by UMBC in the first round of the tournament. And then the following year, uh, Gardner-Webb uh, pushed the Cavaliers um, to the brink, um, you know, down in Columbia in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But uh, Coach Kraft has a solid ball club. They're four and three so far, have played a very challenging schedule. When you look at it, uh, they did get slaughtered by Duke. And that was a game that was very competitive for much of the first half. But um, then Duke just uh, warm out uh, in the second half, uh, 92 to 52. But they they played a fairly competitive game against number 16 Arkansas, 86-69. And um, UNLV, uh, UNLV beat the running Bulldogs by six. And then their four victories. Uh, they have a common opponent in Western Carolina. And Gardner Webb defeated Western Carolina, 87 to 59. And uh, they also beat North Carolina Central, uh, 83 to 58. So a couple of uh, blowout wins on the docket uh, for Gardner-Webb there against in-state foes. No doubt. And a great coach, uh, like you said, for sure. We're looking forward to that game. And uh, we'll do our very best as soon as we can. We'll have that uh, probably on Sunday. Uh, We'll have that overtime for you as I'll be traveling right after the game. So I won't be able to. 
uh, do that uh, at that point, but hopefully we can do it on Sunday for sure. Bubba, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you for all that you do for the show, uh, not only for overtime, but uh, we have, of course, our regular show uh, with a sports objective, and we'll have more great shows for you, that great content. Appreciate you, everybody. In the meantime, we'll uh, put this show to bed. East Carolina with a big victory again, 63-62 over ODU, 6-2 in November. We'll see how the five games in December start out again Saturday at 3 o'clock. Until next time, good night, everybody, and go Pirates.